Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, sermon videos, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and another message important for this time called Be Still. So if you are at Psalm 46, you might want to head your Bible if you like to take notes, or it may already be there, this is a psalm of trust. You'll notice at the heading of uh, many of the psalms, you'll find out who the author is. You'll find out maybe the setting of the psalm. So notice the psalm at the top says, for the choir director. Remember, the psalms were songs, so they were like the hymn book of Israel. So where we have songs that we all love, some of us have hymns that we love, some of us have choruses from the 80s and 90s that we love some of us are you know have not been alive that long so all the contemporary stuff is what we love and for many of us it's a combination of everything we love it all right Uh, there's there's so many different styles and so many different ways that music minister to us the book of psalms is a book of songs so that's one thing to remember when you're reading the psalms is that it was set to music now what we don't know is what the music was. We don't know exactly what it was set to unless it tells us at the top of the psalm, and sometimes it does. And even when it does tell us, we don't always know what the tune was like. But you'll notice it was a psalm. Psalm 46 is a psalm of the sons of Korah. They were kind of a Levitical musical family. Set to Alamoth, a song. Set to Alamoth, uh, some scholars believe is may refer to soprano voices. So this is the psalm of the sopranos. No, not a TV show, but a psalm, right? Maybe for those who were able to sing with a soprano uh, voice. It begins this way, and you'll see at the beginning of the psalm, he points to God immediately saying, God is our refuge and strength. Uh, you would note, Bible students, for those of you who are interested, that the Psalm, uh, Psalm 46 was the basis for Martin Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. He wrote that uh, hymn based upon this psalm. And I know there's a modern uh, band, Shane. What's the band that has one to this, I believe? Shane and Shane have a Psalm 46 uh, song as well. God is our refuge and strength. I want you to make this personal. God is your refuge and strength. If, if you're a believer tonight, you can own this. This is yours. He is a very present help in trouble. He's not just present in trouble. He is very present. <laughs> Isn't that good? A very present help in trouble. The way the Hebrew could read with the word present is he is accessible to you and to me. What does it take for us to uh, take advantage of that accessibility, we might ask, and that is we have to walk through the door. The Bible says in James 4, 8, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. We are invited to a throne of grace in Hebrews 4, 16, that we might receive mercy and help in time of need. And the throne of grace is the place where Jesus is. He's our great mediator in heaven. He mediates for the church, and he is the dispenser of grace in times of trouble. 
In fact, it tells us in the verses in Hebrews that we can go to that throne of grace with confidence. Why? Because Jesus has already opened the way. The veil is torn. He's already provided the way for us to be right in God's eyes, to petition God with full confidence. Why? Because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And when we pray, heaven is enlisted. We already have access to God through Jesus Christ. That's very, very encouraging, isn't it? And he's available to us, very present in times of trouble. I want you to turn over to Psalm 18 for a second. We have seen some of the imagery of the refuge, the fortress, if you will, Psalm 18. I'm going to show you a few psalms just to show you some connections to encourage you. So in Psalm 18, David writes these words. He says, I love thee, O Lord, my strength. Psalm 18, 1. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Turn over to Psalm 31. Psalm 31, David also pens this psalm, and he writes, In thee, O Lord, Psalm 31, 1, In thee, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In thy righteousness deliver me, incline thine ear, 31, 2, uh, to me and rescue me quickly. Be thou to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. For thy name's sake, thou wilt lead me and guide me. Turn over to Psalm 34. Uh, if you've ever had a chance to go to Israel, one of the places that they typically take you is to a place called En Gedi. En Gedi is in the Judean wilderness, and it's near where they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls, the caves of Qumran. If you're looking into the caves, and what you can do today, if you go to Israel, is they kind of have it cordoned off, but you can look across the the wilderness, if you will, and it's not too far away, and you can see the actual caves where the shepherd boy threw a rock, heard a crash, and they discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1948, which gave us very early copies of books of the Bible, a thousand years earlier than we had in our possession at that time. So we were able to compare that discovery with books we had in our possession and see how accurate the Bible had been maintained over about a thousand year period. And the accuracy is phenomenal. Uh, for example, in the book of Isaiah and other books. And you can see uh, those books as you, if you've ever visited the Dead, Scree Dead Sea Scrolls Library. Well, at En Gedi, when you look off into the distance, En Gedi is, it's all desert. So just imagine a, a just total desert area. And you look off in the distance, not too far away, and all of a sudden you see this greenery. And there's life and everything. And you go over to En Gedi, and there's some natural waterfalls that come down from the springs. And if you look up, you can see there are many caves there. And these caves are referred to in the Old Testament as the strongholds of En Gedi. And these were the caves where David hid from Saul when he was on the run and hiding from Saul. I remember Saul was crazy and he, had, he wanted to kill David and David was up in these caves and you can see some of the animals climbing up on the rock. It's, a, it's an amazing place, this place called En Gedi. And it speaks of a place of refuge, a refuge from the world, a refuge from the desert places, a refuge from the storm. In Psalm 34, 8, 
Uh, one of the things that you find at En Gedi is the natural springs, the living water flowing down, a waterfall speaks of life, water speaks of God. Uh, I'm so thirsty, I need you, Lord. And Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man or the woman who what? Who takes refuge in him. If you want a blessing, you take refuge in God. And a refuge, if you go back to Psalm 46, is a place that we seek where we feel a deep sense of protection. That's what a refuge is. It's a place of protection. It's a place where we receive renewal and strength from the Lord's presence. Then we can go out and face the things we once feared with his strength. I found that there's times in my own life when I run to God and I may be overwhelmed by life. I may be facing giants in my life, whatever they may be. I go to that place of refuge. For me, it's a place of prayer. It's a place of worship. It's a place to sit before my Bible. It's a place to be quiet before the Lord. And I receive strength. I go to my En my place of refuge from the wilderness. I get filled up. I kind of want to plant an easy chair at En many times, right? Get one of those little drinks with an umbrella in it and just stay there for a long time. But I know there's a world out there that also needs the living water. But I need to be refreshed in the refuge before I can go out and face the things that cause me fear. And I've found that in the presence of my Lord, when I spend time with him, I can then face the things that I once ran from. And maybe you guys can relate to that as well. Maybe there are sins that so easily, habitually have entangled you. And instead of running to God, you ran to them. Now you run to him as your refuge in the midst of temptation, in the midst of trial, in the midst of fear. And the Lord is faithful. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man, says Psalm 118, verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to, tr- than to trust in princes. And Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. How do you find a place like this? Oftentimes, as Bible teachers, I think we could be a little bit guilty of giving you concepts without giving you concrete application. And that's something that I want to try to provide to you tonight. How do you find a place like this as your refuge? A place in modern uh, speech is sometimes described as a state of mind. We might say to somebody that we know, I'm not in a good place right now. Now, what we mean by that is we're not talking about our location physically. We're talking about our mental, spiritual state. I'm not in a good place. We might say to someone who loves us, don't talk to me for the next half an hour. I'm not in a good place. Don't come in to the space. I'm not in a good place. And we're like, okay, thank you for the warning, (laughs) right? We've all been there before. Just not feeling it, not in a good place. We're talking about emotional, spiritual health. How did I end up there? Often I end up in a bad place because of circumstances, because of feelings, because of stress, because of destructive thinking. Sometimes we find that we're in patterns of destructive thinking. Have you ever caught yourself in your own self-talk just demeaning yourself more and more and you're like, where did that come from? 
you know, I'm just a terrible, rotten sinner. What an idiot I am. I mean, we can say all these things in our minds, and we start to kind of chip away at what God says about us. And the enemy, I think, loves to use that stuff. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. As you know, the coronavirus pandemic has forced local and state governments to make some regulations to keep people safe. That means Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk-In Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. Many churches are having to face the same shutdown to abide by social distancing regulations. If your church isn't able to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I'm not in a good place. And we're like, okay, thank you for the warning, (laughs) right? We've all been there before. Just not feeling it, not in a good place. We're talking about emotional, spiritual health. How did I end up there? Often I end up in a bad place because of circumstances, because of feelings, because of stress, because of destructive thinking. Sometimes we find that we're in patterns of destructive thinking. Have you ever caught yourself in your own self-talk just demeaning yourself more and more, and you're like, where did that come from? You know, I'm just a terrible, rotten sinner. What an idiot I am. I mean, we can say all these things in our minds, and we start to kind of chip away at what God says about us. And the enemy, I think, loves to use that stuff. And so a place of refuge is a place where we begin to see ourselves as God sees us. The way we move from the bad place to the good place is by shifting our focus to the Lord. It's literally calling upon him and seeking him who is both present. Remember, we just read he is very present in times of trouble and he will help you if you call to him. So the place of refuge for you may be a prayer closet. It may be a quiet place where you go go off by yourself, but it may also become just a simple shift in your thinking. It may be deciding that you're going to turn off the TV and open your Bible and actually open it and read it. It may be that you decide I'm going to put on some praise music to shift my thinking away from the, what I've created in my own mind or what maybe the enemy has created. Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And Isaiah 55, 6 says, call upon the Lord while he is near. And so that's what we need to do. And that's often what I fail to do in my moments of trouble. Sometimes I don't immediately call to the Lord. And this is what he tells me that he's willing to do. In Psalm 81, he is, uh, this is a psalm of Asaph. And he says, you called in trouble, 81, 7, and I rescued you. I answered you in the hiding place of thunder. I proved you at the waters of Meribah, Selah. And then would you all turn to Psalm 91? Psalm 91 is another beautiful protection psalm. 
just a few verses here, but these are also connected to some of the themes that we've been looking at, Psalm 91. Let's look at verse 14 together. It says, because he has loved me, Psalm 91, 14, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name, Psalm 91, 15. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him behold my salvation. Back to Psalm 46, Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I was going through the book by J.P. Moreland called Finding Quiet in anticipation of his arrival, and I got to interview him for our radio program. And I mentioned the verse in the first part of that uh, radio interview, and J.P. was, he mentioned uh, Matthew 6, 34, don't be anxious for tomorrow, tomorrow will care for itself, each day has enough trouble of its own. And he said, you know, I've heard that verse so many times, I know the verse by heart, But he said, has anybody ever told you how not to worry about tomorrow? And uh, if if anybody's ever told you and it sounded good, would you tell me? It's hard, right? But Jesus told us, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be anxious for it. Focus on today. Sometimes people who are in recovery are told, just take it one day at a time. But that's not just for people in recovery. That's for all of us. We are to take the Christian walk one day at a time. The Lord will give us the grace that we need for today. Brother, sister, you cannot change yesterday. You cannot control tomorrow. But you can live for Christ today. You cannot change yesterday. If you are living your life right now in the yesterdays, And you have regret, and we understand that. And there's some things that we have to do in some of those cases, like repent of that, make amends. But if you've done that, if you've done the best you can to live at peace with all people, and those hurts and wounds from the past continue to take you out of the place of refuge, please try to lay those at God's feet. You can't change yesterday. If those things are under the blood, then they're under the blood, amen? And you cannot control tomorrow. As much as I want to be in control, any control freaks out there? Any, any backseat drivers? Any front seat drivers? Any, anyway, any, you're in another car and you're, you're telling people how they should drive? Okay, anyway, I'm with you, right? But we can't control tomorrow, and so we can live for Christ today. Let me ask you this question. How many of you would be at a better place, emotionally and spiritually, If you released yesterday to God, truly, and you released tomorrow to God, how many of you would be in a much better place? Now, I'm preaching to myself because I'm a work in progress, and I'm trying to figure out how to do this stuff too. So this sermon is for me, and if it helps you, praise the Lord. Psalm 46, verse 2. Therefore, now we see a word therefore, what do we ask? What is it there for? It always causes us to look back. Well, God is our refuge and strength, verse 1. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, in light of that, we will not what? 
we will not fear. Therefore, in light of the fact that God's a very present help, he's my refuge and my strength, I will not fear. And some of you are going to have to tell yourself those words. I will not fear. And you're going to have to say it with some emphasis. You may have to say it in the mirror to the person looking back at you. You will not fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now, these verses are there because, of course, we all wrestle with fear. But we don't have to fear. We can say, I will not fear because the Lord is my light and my salvation. He's the defense of my life. I will not fear. Whom shall I dread? Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a plant, tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Verse 2 says, I won't fear though the earth should change. If you have a New King James, if the earth would be removed and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea. Now, let me ask you, Bible students, are those normal, everyday occurrences? Look at verse 2. If the earth changed or the mountains slipped into the heart of the sea, that I would call a cataclysmic event. And I think what the writer is saying is this. He's saying, look, if you could be in a place where you wouldn't fear if the earth shifted and changed, or was removed, and if the mountains, if you watch mountains fall into the ocean, if you didn't have to fear in those situations of extreme cataclysm, what does that do to the little things that cause you fear? If you don't have to fear the big mountains and the big oceans, then you don't have to fear the little skirmishes and the little things that come at you in life. You're listening to Be Still, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 46. Just a reminder that you can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you like on podcast. You can listen on our Living Truth app or on your favorite podcast app like iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Music, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can listen to previous programs too. There's a whole lot to listen to whenever it's convenient for you. So listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Here's Pastor Michael. Well, Psalm 46 has been a great encouragement to many of us over the years, and that's what we're covering here in this special message as we walk through this pandemic of the coronavirus together. And the famous verse, Be still and know that I am God, is Psalm 46.10. Many ways to translate it, like cease striving, chill out. That's a modern <laughs> translation. <laughs> you could even say, relax and know that I am God. I will be exalted. Here's part B of this. I will be exalted in every nation of the world. Perhaps that's part of why God has allowed this, that he would be exalted in every nation of the world. Check out the end of Psalm 46 to get a little bit more insight. Maybe meditate on that. Maybe pray, Lord, may you be exalted in every nation of the world. And especially 
since we live here, here in the United States of America, or if you're listening some in some other country, whatever your country may be, pray that God would be glorified. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, Psalm 33. Hey, this is going to pass at some point, but let's not forget the lessons that we learned during this season and try, and I'm going to try to be still and know that he is God. Well, hey, I want to invite you to watch our live streaming services here from Living Truth Christian Fellowship, uh, the great church behind Walk in Truth. And you can check us out when you go to walkintruth.com, a direct link to our YouTube page. We are streaming live Wednesdays at 7, Sundays at 9 a.m. We'd love for you to join us for worship, praise, and the Word of God. We'll also be praying together. And I'm just going to take a moment to pray right now, Father, as weekend services go on, as churches are streaming, I pray that technology will work. I pray that there would be a revival, even through electronic church, Lord. Oh, you can do above and beyond what we can ask or imagine. And I'm asking for a great harvest of souls during these weeks and months as we turn to you, Lord. You're the only answer. And I pray that when this is over, it will be unmistakable that you were the one that ministered to us, got us through it, and healed us as well. We love you, Lord. Bless every person over this weekend. Keep everybody healthy and safe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for saying the amen. This is Pastor Michael, Walk in Truth. We'll catch you next time. Have a great weekend. We love you. God bless. Listen next week for part two of Pastor Michael's encouraging message in Psalm 46, Be Still. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Have a great weekend and be safe. And remember, our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during this time of hardship.